0: In summer of 2020, Disney made waves with an announcement that they would be overhauling one of the classic park attractions. The change promised to wash away a controversial mark and update it with a modern story for a modern era. While the news splashed across the internet, to date, renovations have yet to begin. So finally, this week on Slice of Disney, Splash Mountain. Dash, water, coast, splash. splash Mountain. The my oh my Wonderful day splash Slash splash In my way Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney theme park podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney obsessed enthusiast and real life Tinkerbell.
1: And I am your co host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney goer and real life man who is still stuck on the ride Splash Mountain. You're
0: still there?
1: Still there. How
0: are you recording this podcast right now? And
1: that is the magic of audio, my friend. <laughs> Uh, I want, this is inspired by a true story.
0: I like that you're just jumping right into it. We, we haven't even really introduced the episode and you're like, I'm telling this I story. I have to tell the story. All right, go for it.
1: Um, I once took a date to Disney. Years and years and years ago, bold move. Um, it was a bold move. It was a third date, too early to go <laughs> oh without the chemistry that we needed. Because you're on the you're, you're driving there together, yeah. Lines together. You're driving home together. It we never saw each other after that, <laughs> or maybe we did. I don't know. We a bit of didn't go much further than that. Uh, but we did at one point get stuck in Splash Mountain in the dark, like area where it's like, oh, it's, there's the Raven or Crow or whatever. Uh-huh. And, they're singing the song, and it's like, we're there for like 20 minutes. We're not even next to each other. We're like, in front and it, just, it just was a very miserable experience altogether. And that's my main experience with Splash Mountain.
0: So you love this ride?
1: It is uh, not my favorite.
0: Well, all right, guys. We've been doing this podcast now uh, since the pandemic yeah. started. And I...
1: Do you think if we stop? podcast the pandemic will stop
0: all right we'll see you later guys this was fun
1: <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm all over the place today you were getting to something uh, important I feel
0: yes well I was um, we know that Splash Mountain is very important to Disney goers it is one of the mountains it's a mountain it's a mountain that automatically gives it clout at Disney and we haven't touched this mostly because I don't like it Um <laughs> And sure. because I started Slice of Disney, I can pick and choose which ones I focus on, which is also why you get thousands of episodes on Haunted Mansion. We haven't done one of those in a while. Oh, it! we should just do one. <laughs> sneak in. Valentine's Day, because I love it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, we haven't dove, in, dove into Splash Mountain because, one in the beginning of the pandemic, we were told we were switching it to Princess and the Frog, which excited me to no end because I love Princess and the Frog.
1: I do too. It's great. I love uh, anything New Orleans. And I'm very excited for that whenever that does happen, hopefully sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, better. Um, But we haven't touched this. I've teased talking about it because I have a lot of feelings about why I don't like Splash Mountain. And I know that not everyone is going to agree with me here. Right. Um, we obviously know that this is a very dated story. It is offensive and... Uh...
1: Based off of a property that Disney does not even think is appropriate enough to include on Disney Plus. Uh, and for good reason. Like it, There's a lot of like racist overtones. There's caricatures of people. It's not a good uh, intellectual property. And it's yes. something that is better to be left... far in our past um, and to make the parks an inclusive place where everyone can come and not feel uncomfortable about any ride or attraction they're seeing.
0: The last thing you want to do is make anyone upset or feel like they don't belong. So um, today we're going to focus on the ride itself and the history of the ride. I would love to dive in to the reason I dislike it even more on a few on a next episode and we're really going to get into Splash Mountain if we're going to do Splash Mountain we're uh we're going to discuss it
1: yeah but we also did feel like you know just to to finish off that piece of the conversation. Yes. We also feel like we are not the appropriate voices to be having that conversation to what those what the Song of the South represents and um, and why it particularly is offensive. And there's better people out there that can explain that. And, I, and I'm going to put, like, if you look in the show notes, I'll throw in um, some resources that you can check out. And I think that you certainly should. Uh, but Kelly hates this ride beyond that on top of it. <laughs> so oh, that's definitely, like,
0: the main reason yeah, I dislike sure. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is- but we also
1: did want to talk about you know, it's a, it's a big ride and it, it will hopefully continue to be a big ride with a better, uh, better you know, like IP that's around it. So, well, Plus, I feel like Michael Eisner almost saved this whole controversy, but people wouldn't listen to him. So I get to finally make a case for Michael Eisner being ooh,
0: right. All right. All right. I'm going to hear it because I have thoughts about Michael Eisner's uh, involvement with this ride too. Um, Splash Mountain. Here we go. In case you don't know what Splash Mountain is, it is a log flume ride at Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, and the Magic Kingdom. It is based on the animated sequences of the 1946 film Song of the South. Um, And the ride combines the thrill aspect of a log flume along with a boat dark ride telling the story of the prior patch. Yeah. Um,
1: and if you are listening to this podcast, you certainly know what a log flume is. However, if for some reason you don't, it's one of those rides that you always see where the people are like, "We're in a big log, and oh no, we're going down as we hit the ground!" Flash!
0: Yay! Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go ahead and start this not like how I usually do, and say that we are not beginning our story with Walt. There are aspects of this ride we will get to that uh, involve our boy Walt heavily. We'll do that next episode. But the history doesn't really start with the historical Walt adventure or coming in like, you know, we don't need to praise this piece of Disney Imagineering as if it was something very new. Like they came up with the log flume, they did not. So we're going to work backwards. This classic mountain uh, opened in Disneyland on July 17th, 1989 uh disneyland tokyo opened october 1st 1992 and disneyland and disney world opened october 2nd a day after tokyo uh, okay. uh october 2nd 1992
1: i will say the opening of this attraction was much um more recent than i expected
0: that's why i'm starting out with that information great great great, great. because you think of this as people put it in as if it is one of the classics And it's pretty new.
1: Yeah. If you didn't hear in the intro, uh, I put quotes around classic because people do consider it a classic. But realistically, it's more of a classic.
0: It's a we want you to feel like it's classic, but it's not. Right. I'm going to take you back to this attraction's origin. 1983. Uh, In 1983, the parks are doing pretty well. um, Except for one specific area. And this area is bear country. Now, I'm so excited that we're doing this after we did Country Bear Jamboree because it's now more fitting. You can imagine they, you know, built this whole bear country because of Country Bear Jamboree.
1: All because they wanted a ski resort that they were like, hmm, well, well can't do that. Uh, maybe we'll just put it in the right. parks.
0: Did you watch the opening ceremonies of the Olympics?
1: Oh, uh, I did not, no.
0: I'm watching, it's because it's the Winter Olympics in Beijing right now. And I was like... This is so weird to think about. Like, it's <laughs> sure. such a spectacle, and sure. no one—Walt had his hand in that. Um, so, Country Bear—in case you um, haven't listened to the Country Bear Jamboree episode—Bear Country in Disneyland opened in March 1972 to replace the Native American area in Frontierland, and that was uh, all because of Country Bear Jamboree. That's right. why they did this. But other than that, there was like nothing back there, and so most of this area was pretty empty. And now in a very trafficy Southern California way, because uh, that's if you don't know and you don't live in Southern California, all you do is sit in traffic. It took me 30 minutes to go 11 miles to get to Will today.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, that's it. Uh, you know, I, and, 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 and and who would imagine that sitting in traffic... Uh,
0: Grand ideas could come. ...would
1: get you great ideas for... Theme park
0: attractions. (laughs) So uh, on a nice summer day in 1983, Imagineer Tony Baxter was sitting in his rush hour traffic on his way to work. And he couldn't stop thinking about the fact that this country bear area, bear country, country bear. Wow, I didn't even think about that. They just switched the words from country bear jamboree to bear country. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Listen, they're geniuses, all of them.
0: They are. Um... And so he's thinking about how do I attract guests back there? And we do love Tony Baxter. Sure. um, And love his effort. Um, I think about the fact that Tony is kind of coming in as a problem solver. If you listen to our uh, Big Thunder Mountain episode, he kind of did the same thing where they're like doing stuff, putting in a lot of ideas. He's like, what if we scrap everything you guys have been working on? Listen to me. I got this. And... It worked out for him. So let's see if it works out this time.
1: Sure. This is Tony Baxter of Marble races, right? Yes. Cool. That's all. I just wanted to check in. Let's keep going.
0: Um, at the same time, uh, Dick Nunes, who was the president of the Imagineering company. Okay. Um, he had insisted the Imagineers work on a log flume ride for Disneyland to help guests cool off throughout the day. Sure. And Makes uh, sense. Yeah. I mean, it does. It gets hot. Yeah. In that way, a lot of people like to get, you know, wet... Cool them off, enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah. Me, not one of those people. Me neither. If I'm gonna do it, it's like I'm staying on property and I can go home and change. Yeah,
1: I don't want to walk around with wet socks. That's like the worst. Oh, thing. it's
0: like the worst feeling. Yeah.
1: Um hey, even like wet socks that then dry on your feet, that's also the, it's the worst.
0: Like, yeah, they kind of stick. Yeah. Ugh. No thank you. Yeah. Um, well, the imagineers were not initially enthusiastic about this either because they were like, log flumes are ordinary. We're Disney. We're inventing things. Sure. This, is, this doesn't feel like us. But Donnie Baxter, doing what he did for Big Thunder, he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to listen to this guy because he is the one paying my bills. Um, and he wants to embrace this boring log flume ride. And he figured out that if I just do the Disney thing and I'm going to add a story
1: yeah i was gonna say like because i mean yes disney is known for being in- innovative especially during this time and, and and the years preceding it but like ultimately what makes their attractions a big deal is not always the technology it is the stuff that they put around the technology like peter pan's flight would not be interesting if there were no peter pan pieces in it. it that's would just be, true like, a thing. so like yeah log that's where you start and then you figure out how to it make keep it going interesting.
0: well and he did and so When he was thinking about the theming on his adventures, um, he chose the 1946 film Song of the South. And so this is what I'm doing. I'm picturing like Tony Baxter's just like Googling, but they don't have Google. So it's like whatever it is. And he's like going, he types in like Disney movies with bear. Click.
1: Okay, this one's got a bear. Sure. Let's put it in there.
0: That has a rare bear. So bear. And like, I wonder what thought outside of that really went into why we chose to do Song of the South here?
1: I mean, I think you're probably right, honestly. I mean, maybe not the Googling piece, but like <laughs> it does feel like, I mean, growing up, th- the movie and those characters were never something that I experienced or ran into. Um, the only association I have with them is Splash Mountain. Right. Um, so certainly, like, I don't think it was like, a oh, we got this great property we really want to push out there. It was like, right. how do we fit? How do we fit this kind of maybe cool thing that's going to bring people into this area and uh, make it make sense thematically? All right, there's there's some bear characters. Let's put it in there. Yeah. And it, not enough thought was put into it, but that is probably what it was.
0: I, I think it started there. And I guess also part of the thought process was that Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear and Br'er Rabbit had been popular characters in the parks. Um not quite since opening, mm-hmm. but they made their way into just like being fur characters that would sure. walk around the parks, and people liked them. And the film did win an Oscar for best original song in 1947 for "Zippity Doodah."
1: That is a song that I knew as a kid for sure.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about it in the next episode. The uh, main actor for the show did end up winning an honorary ass ends up winning an honorary Oscar later. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, but. These were his thought processes. His thought processes of why we're picking bears, and um, Baxter. Baxter did at the time understand that there were there was racism, and there were a lot of issues around this this piece of intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So that is why they chose for the attraction to fully focus on the very small part of the story featuring just the furry characters. Right. The fully animated part, which I guess from researching, to be honest, I've never seen Song of the South. Um, don't plan on it. I, My understanding is that that was everyone's favorite part of the film.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I haven't done my... I haven't watched it either. So,
0: um, And another reason that Baxter thought it was a great idea was because they were like, well... America Sings is getting a little dated, and no one's really checking out this attraction anymore. We'll just reuse all of the audio animatronics from America Sings um, and just bring them over here.
1: Uh, that sounds like a cheap Chapek movie, if you it, ask me. It
0: does. Um, in in case you don't know what America Sings is, it was a cast of audio audio animatronic animals that were entertaining the audience by singing songs from various pieces of Americans. Of America's musical history, um, and it was funny, probably in the sure. same light of Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah,
1: yeah, they do love repurposing animatronics. That is, I if I had to pick one of Disney's, like the company's favorite things in the world, yeah. is repurposing animatronics.
0: They find out they're like, we built this robot; it's going to keep moving. Yeah, which is also crazy to think that America Sings, which is a you know early attraction, still has animatronics just work like they're still working yeah. now. Yeah. Um, But by 1983, America Sings, it's not popular. Disney had, like, this was already planned, was it was going to go away. And so knowing that, Tony's like, here, I have the perfect plan. Like, I'm putting all of this together. So three days later, he gets out of traffic. Just kidding. But (laughs) (laughs) that was the part I literally wrote down. I was like, this is, for me, the most relatable part of the story, is sitting in traffic and thinking. Sure. Um, Baxter goes to work with Imagineers Bruce Gordon and Jon Snow. And John Stone.
1: Who are those people?
0: So I looked up John Stone and I could barely find anything.
1: It's interesting. I do think that that is the case. Like, obviously, our early Imagineers are names. They're Mm -hmm. people that, like, were a small team. Maybe not even that small of a team. But, like, they're much, you know, they're, they're, they're people that are, like, core to telling so many of these stories and, like, are Disney-like first, and I do think like as we get to more modern attractions, you start to find Imagineers that are, they, oh, this was worked on by an Imagineering team, or this person is Imagineer, but you know they they maybe contributed some drawings on certain things, but never like owned an attraction that was there. Right. So I I because I, I know I've done a little looking to other ones from time to time, and uh, I had not heard of John Stone, so that doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, I hadn't. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Um, and I, th- what I would find on him was more like sketches or pieces of his, like his hard hat that came up for auction. Hmm. So that was all I could really find. So if you know about John Stone, let me know because I like to know who the Imagineers are. The other one is Bruce Gordon, and he is a Canadian uh, Disney Imagineer who wrote several books about the history of Disney theme parks, in addition to his own park designs, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, And he began work with Epcot and Tokyo Disneyland in the late 70s. He's worked on Journey into Imagination. He did the new Fantasyland, Star Tours, Splash Mountain, Tarzan's Treehouse, Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So he like, it's kind of funny, like helped Bear Country and then took part of it away. Yeah. Uh, And then Finding Nemo, The Submarine Voyage. I wonder if he still works there because a lot of those are pretty modern.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I don't know. Maybe.
0: So these two dudes um, go in, and they spend the next couple days putting together 30 storyboards to pitch to, with the entire development of the project, along with 120th scale of the entire ride. At this time, it is known as Zippity, Zippity River Run.
1: Zippity River Run. Zippity River Run. Okay.
0: And um, I kind of said this a minute ago, but I do think it's funny that Tony Baxter, again, has come in. he's like i see an opportunity Mm -hmm. no one Mm -hmm. else is really too excited about it i'm gonna swoop in
1: and i'm gonna stake my claim you know i actually don't hate zippity river run i don't like zippity too much but river runs kind of got a nice feel to it
0: i think it's because there's oh no that's grizzly river rapids Mm now
1: yeah but either way it's it's the alliteration for sure yeah still yeah
0: um zippity river run well michael eisner did not agree with you but we'll get there
1: I'm excited to get to that part. It's yes. one of my favorite parts of this.
0: It's my one of my favorite facts for why you should not worship this ride as if it is an old classic. But Sure. But right now, Tony Baxter is he's getting ready. He's he's really showing like, "Hey, I didn't come to play imaginary team. I'm a valuable member here." So, him and his team um get ready to show their log flume attraction. Featuring all of the different animated parts. Only featuring the animated parts of this movie to the newest Disney CEO. Walt Disney Company just got a new CEO. Who is it?
1: We just talked about him. Who is it? It's Breck Eisner. No,
0: well, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Eisner. Michael Eisner came in hot. And as you know, he was really ready to shake up these parks. And so... This attraction uh, was matching all the criteria he needed. It was new. It was had thrill. Um,
1: One thing it didn't match, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I think it's going to get us into the next part you're getting to. I feel like the IP. That's not new. That's not bringing me anywhere. Zip, zippity river run. Okay, what's that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I'd be like, oh, I don't really get it. Um, and I don't know what Breck's feelings. His son. Uh, Reminder again mm-hmm. that uh, when. They were revamping Disneyland. He would consult his son, Breck, about what's cool. Right. Um, And Eisner, you know, he loved, he did love this attraction. And I guess also thought that it was okay to use this IP. Um, And he was like, honestly, most important part, it's not going to cost as much because we're reusing all of these other parts. Yeah. And a log flume by nature is a cheap ride. Yeah. Supposedly. I mean... I, mean, I don't know. Oh, relative. It's still right. a big theme park ride. Sure. But it's cheaper. Uh, but Michael Eisner didn't like the name.
1: I agree. Sort of.
0: He felt that uh, it felt a little too kiddish. Mm-hmm. So instead, he insisted. Like, this was a requirement that it be called Splash Mountain.
1: Let me defend Eisner for a second. All right. I know there's more to this. Yes. But let me defend him for a second. I think branding this as a mountain is smart.
0: Yes, I Because it does,
1: it gives a weight to it and like an importance to it because of all the other mountains and you're putting it in there like, oh, well, I've, I have got to check out the new mountain ride. I think that that's, that's a smart move. Now the splash piece. Why don't you get to that?
0: Well, why did he want to call it Splash Mountain, you ask? Because of the big splash at the end?
1: Sure. Makes sense.
0: Nope. Was it the fact it's a water ride?
1: I mean, I would guess.
0: Is there anything in Song of the South that has to do with Splash and Water? We
1: don't know because we haven't watched
0: it. Well, I have not watched it, but spoiler alert, uh, it does not. Um, The name Splash Mountain literally came because the movie Splash, starring Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah, was coming out. And Disney CEO Michael Eisner wanted the ride to promote this romantic film.
1: And honestly, this is where I'm saying that Michael Eisner could have saved all the consternation around this ride and saved the rebranding and all the stuff that needed to be done if they just really leaned in and instead of Bray Rabbit, you're getting Tom Hanks in the ride.
0: I would be down for Tom Hanks. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh,
1: You know, my favorite piece of trivia related to Splash. What? Is that when they put it onto uh, Disney Plus, um, they digitally removed a butt crack. Did they really? Yeah, because they're like it's a family uh, streaming service. We gotta like, yeah,
0: that's funny. Um, That's the only thing I know
1: about the movie, honestly.
0: Well, I did put uh, the trailer in the notes, so if you'd like to play a clip of it,
1: if there's a good clip to play, it will be playing right now. Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, and John Candy. Splash! A fantastic tale about a fantastic tale.
0: So if you got that little section of this trailer, then you understand that it's about a movie about this guy who's just like, I don't know. I don't even think I'm a good guy. And everyone's like, yeah, right, Tom Hanks. Of course you're obviously a good obviously. dude. You're Tom Hanks. Yeah. He's like, I just can't, f- I don't even know if I feel anything in my heart. I don't even know what love is. And then he like falls in love with this mermaid and it's really great. And so Michael Eisner also really wanted a mermaid to appear on the attraction with Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox?
1: Honestly, I don't I don't see the problem. You're portraying this as a bad idea. And listen, it's not the best idea I've ever heard, but I think that that would be fun.
0: It Just like randomly, like this mermaid just shows up all the yeah, time. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, <laughs> um, that idea was ignored. Fully. Uh, it's a bummer. Full stop. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see what, like, this attraction with mermaids would be.
1: I mean, to be clear, I'm very excited about the uh, Princess and the Frog update that's coming. Um, so, I, you know, if that's what it takes to get us to this, is not having the mermaid in it, then that's fine.
0: I will be willing to maybe get wet. Like, I will just ball up and bring a parka or something in order to go on this, because I know the music's going to be so good. Yeah. Um, So Splash Mountain, the attraction, uh, the film was already greenlit and had been made. Splash Mountain was officially greenlit in 1984, but due to other big projects happening in the parks, like Star Tours. So just for a frame of reference on timing, Star Tours is already in the process of being built. We're using this new technology. I don't know if you guys remember, but, you know, they, what was it, like a half a million dollars or something for one ride vehicle that they had gotten from NASA. Like crazy stuff is going on here. Um, with Splash Mountain at the time, so crazy.
1: I'm gonna make a hot take here. Yeah, I think Eisner here saved the attraction because I think Splash Mountain, I think associating it with mountains, like with the other big classic mountains, has given it more longevity than it would have otherwise. Specifically, because Zippity River Run, I think if that's the died. new attraction compared to like Star Tours, people are gonna gravitate towards. The new modern technology, the modern stories that they're interested in, the only reason this became a prominent attraction is because it's associated with the other mountains. That is my hot take.
0: I actually agree with you. Thank you. I'm surprised, but I do. Um, it Giving it a mountain title gives it a lot of clout, yeah. especially in the Disney parks. People take their mountains very seriously. Yeah. And so, Yes. Uh, well, don't worry. It's not being built yet. It's being put on right, hold a right, little right, longer. Right, right. I also, in researching, I didn't read anything saying this was associated to Splash Mountain being put on hold, but apparently there was this really huge strike in the summer of
1: 1984. Love
0: it. I love um, a strike. I, yeah, it was fascinating. So um, in September of 1984, the Disney company tried to negotiate a 17% pay cut for about 18,000 employees across various unions.
1: Ooh.
0: The unions unanimously rejected that plan, and the company countered with a wage freeze and reduction in benefits. Yeah, it was it was bad, and all contracts expired. And on September 25th, the largest strike Disneyland had ever seen began.
1: Cool, I support it. Let's go. Ooh, so power to the people.
0: Yep, dubbing themselves the friendliest strike on earth. 2,000 employees walked off their job and blocked the Disneyland park at strategic points. Disney secured a court injunction to stop the picketing line and resumed operation, because, you know, they haven't closed very many days, um, with office workers and management scabbing the parks for workers. I am, like, picturing the chaos that must have happened here.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, Disney's been pretty good most of the time about like being operationally efficient and being like right like not seeing all the uh chaos the that's going on but they're not always great at that um and so i wouldn't be shocked if like you know they're having to bring in a whole new group of people like it probably was chaos
0: yeah um well it it ended october 16th so just 20 i mean 22 days is a long time to strike
1: that is a long time to strike
0: in my opinion i guess i haven't been through a lot of strikes but
1: I mean, yeah, I don't know either, but I do feel like uh, that if you get, I mean, you clearly get enough people to do it, um, that's a pretty, like, if you're the company, that's 22 days of, like, trying to scramble and figure things out. So it's good pressure. Good job.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like it was quite, you know, an ordeal. And though it ended, you can't really say that it was a victory. No. The workers did not see their wages increase, and Disneyland management got to, um, got the wage freeze. It wanted from the beginning. Boo! Um, all the strikers did get their positions reinstated, um, but the scabs that were hired—I di- don't even know what a scab is—during uh, the strike also got to keep their jobs. So just more oh, people got jobs.
1: Yeah. So a scab is someone that crosses the picket line um, and takes a job when there's an open. Like so, like in when. This is actually, I think, kind of interesting for uh, anyone that's interested in the entertainment industry. Back in, like, whenever there's a strike, particularly when writers strike, mm-hmm. um, it becomes kind of tough, like, when writers in writer's rooms strike, and they're like, well, we're we're not going to work. And then uh, those people that are wanting right. to get writer's jobs are like, do I, do I become a scab and, like, cross the picket line to finally get my opportunity, or do I stand with the uh people that I am most like and like kind of stand up for. And so that's that's what a scab is and can it be tough when you're in that position.
0: Um, I guess gotcha. I would guess.
1: I don't know. I've never been in that spot.
0: Yeah I mean you hear about it obviously a lot in the entertainment business. Uh thirty-two hundred scabs cross the picket line. That's a lot. Yeah that's a lot. So uh not great. Um these members of the of the picket line um, consider themselves club twenty two, ironically alluding to club thirty three, Disney's uh, exclusive the- club for the wealthy, as they did not feel so wealthy when Disney wouldn't pay them properly. Um, yeah, I thought that that was very interesting, and I wonder if it affected the ride.
1: I mean, hard to say, I don't know. I mean, clearly it was in that time period. so I don't, did did it affect the ride? Why' don't don't you tell me?
0: Well, um all that said, Construction didn't start on Splash Mountain until April 1987. So possibly. So we had some time go by. Um, and by that time, Splash Mountain, whose budget had risen greatly to $75 million, mm-hmm. had become... The whole idea of was that was exciting about this ride is that it was cheap. Yeah. It was a log flume, a concept that does not fail at theme parks. Mm-hmm. And re- reusing same audio animatronics... Has now become one of the most expensive projects created by the Walt Disney Imagineering peeps. It's just supposed to be Walt Disney Imagineering, and then I just had to add a word there. Um, The entire park cost seventeen million to build in 1955, which would translate to about eighty million dollars in 1987.
1: So, Splash Mountain's budget is now just shy of what the entire park cost. Five million.
0: Five million dollars less than what the cost of Disneyland was.
1: That's pretty wild, especially for something that, again, was not technologically revolutionary, was not <laughs> uh, was not new. No, right.
0: an, an IP from the 40s. Yeah.
1: A design for a ride that already existed. And the
0: whole purpose of this attraction was our guests seem unpleasant in the afternoon when it is hot. Yeah. We need to find a way to cool them down.
1: Yeah, sure. Did you ever, uh, they don't do this at Disney. Maybe they do it at Disney World. I don't know. Um, any of those places like where they like had the, like the cool down zones where you like walk They have
0: that at Disney World. I love those yeah. things.
1: Those are so cool. I would stay those the whole day. And that would be cheaper probably than making Splash Mountain. Anyways, well, continue
0: on. Eight, $75 million. Uh, the construction was built out of cement instead of the normal steel to help the structure stay sturdy. When the dampness from the water would come through. And I thought that was pretty cool and it helped construction go faster because now that we're moving and shaking, we got to get it going.
1: Let's get it going.
0: Um, The structure is largely underground because we cannot overshadow Sleeping Beauty's castle. Sure. And um, yeah, it's pretty much an average ride here in terms of building. Um, The drop is 52.5 feet with a top speed of 40 miles per hour.
1: 40 miles per hour, that is faster than Space Mountain.
0: It is faster than Space Mountain. Every so
1: often, I remember a little fact, and it just kind of clicks into place. So It's that's exciting
0: fun. when that happens, yeah, isn't I, it? I, you know,
1: it's been almost two years of education.
0: I know. Um, I, I, today, peek behind the curtain, I got my headshots done today, and I was telling the photographer and the makeup artist, I was like, yeah, I have like a lot of useless knowledge and I'm really glad I have somewhere to put it now. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's fun for me to get for to geek sure. out about something, about Disney.
1: Every so often I get to drop a line too in social. You up, feel good, it's, don't it's, you? It's fun. It is fun.
0: Yeah. You know, hey, I,
1: I do have to always be like, listen, I'm not a Disney adult, but I know someone who is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have to kind of go full disclaimer. I am a Disney adult. <clears throat> Live and breathe. Get out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... While testing this ride, we're testing the ride. It's going great. Construction's pretty easy here. Um, but while testing the attraction, Imagineers kept getting absolutely soaked instead of, like, lightly wet. Mm-hmm. And so they had to change the ride vehicles a little um, to be, I guess, certain type of aerodynamic, make it work better. Um, and so instead of having seven seats um, – oh, wait. Oh, no, so they had to make it seven seats instead of six. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I do. I wonder, like, because I would almost think you would want – fewer people because the more people you have the more weight it is and so therefore like the more the bigger splash it's going to make but clearly that's not the only thing that they adjusted so
0: yeah um i in the last seat so the way that it is at disneyland if you haven't been is it is one row where you sit like one person one person one person and then the last row is kind of built for an adult with a child oh okay um where yeah, so that's how it, it works. Didn't realize that. Yep. Um, there are 103 audio animatronics, mostly reused from America Sings, except for the main characters that were all built for the attraction. And it um, seems like one guy was kind of just like, all right, I'm going to focus on these three babies. Um, and because of all the new characters, this area of the park was n- renamed from Bear Country to Critter Country. Critter Country. Critter Country. Critter Country. Um, I feel like Toe Mater should be back there. <laughs> Yay, so Splash Mountain opens July 17th, 1989. And this attraction was an absolute huge hit. I, I mean, can imagine. So successful. They. It's
1: the only thing like it in the parks.
0: It's the only thing like it in the parks. Attendance to the parks went way up because of not just this attraction. Um, but, you know, they had... Star Tours, I'm sure, helped as well. But yes, it was huge success and the ride always packed even today and it has become a staple for most guests you know it's not something they do just occasionally this is a in the, your question game at the end this i think would be a lot of people's every trip
1: again i think it's because there's not much else that like that in the parks and it does it changes your experience because if you are the person that wants to cool off with of a big splash it gives you an opportunity to do that so uh, i have
0: horror stories from this attraction yeah like what One was one time I went on it and I think it's a Disney world that it does this, but you like go around a corner and then the people coming down splash, the water comes off and it can go on the guests Mm. and I got not wet on the drop after the drop, just like a like a, it's like they took a bucket and just put it over my head. I mean, I was drenched from head to toe and yeah. I was so upset. And I was like, never again. I never got in this. I was so, so, so upset. And then um, another time we were stuck on it as well, my whole family. And they had to walk us off. And my brother, like, recorded himself like because the animatronics are still moving their mouths and it's I mean, so was eerie experience. yeah and he's like recording himself with oh. it and they were like don't do that and he was yeah. like yeah, okay but yes it was very i was it was eerie being like it was the part where you're like what, what that's where i was stuck do-
1: <gasps> it's the worst not a great date spot i'll tell you that
0: I, you know you didn't i'm surprised it didn't keep going uh, no. so romantic um so like i said it's a huge success people aren't stuck at the Brer rabbit sad part it's like a little possum singing she's like what would Brer rabbit do um almost immediately after opening in anaheim disney decided we're also going to open a splash mountain in walt disney world and tokyo and they almost did it for paris as well but they decided budget-wise it wouldn't make any sense because of the super cold winters it's not going to be open enough um
1: yeah i mean that makes sense yeah it's the kind of place you want to Probably only really go on when it's not cold. Florida? I'm sure some totally. people still do, but I get it. Yeah.
0: But they it was so successful, they were like, We're gonna go ahead and open it up everywhere. So, um, though the other two are extremely similar, they're basically the same attraction. There are a couple differences. Um, Tokyo and Walt Disney World, they ride vehicles, which is why I was like, if you haven't been to Disneyland you wouldn't know. Um are eight guests and it's two, two, two.
1: Okay.
0: Two. Two, two Two.
1: That's
0: eight. Yay, yay. I think f- Math. <laughs> this is a math podcast, too, as you guys know. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it is.
0: Um, and they're slightly bigger. The The flume itself has to be a little bigger for that. And um, I won't bother you fully with all of the numbers of each location, because Will will get mad at me. Mm-hmm. But I thought that-
1: Numbers don't translate on podcasts. Will. That's what I always say. <laughs>
0: But I did think this was pretty cool. So um, one thing that's slightly different is that Tokyo Disney had to build a whole critter country just for Splash Mountain. Because they didn't really have an area of the park for for Splash Mountain. Sure. So they built one. A whole area for it.
1: I wonder they regret that. I <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: And while Disney World didn't have a critter country, they just decided to um, put it in Frontierland next to big Thunder Mountain. So you just get two mountains right next to each other. And because of that, they had to make sure that the colors matched in the exterior and the music is different too. They had to have a more bluegrass country tone to match the rest of Frontierland. Gotcha. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, It's, I don't like that where Splash Mountain is, it used to be a train station. Got to keep those trains going. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we've always said that.
0: <laughs> we've, always, we've always Walt really has it.
1: always said that. We've loved to highlight it. He loves it. his trains.
0: Um, here's a couple hidden Mickeys.
1: Great. I don't feel like I've heard of hidden Mickey in a while. I know, Because right? we've done like some modern stuff and some different things. and A lot of the more modern things don't have hidden Mickeys. So what do, you, what do you got?
0: Okay. So these are going to be for Walt Disney World. We're going to focus on Disney World right okay. now. Um, so some of the ones you can look for on a barrel labeled Muskrat Moonshine just before the flume... Uh, log takes off you will see an s in the muskrat where you will find your first hidden mickey okay in the s Exciting. yes um there is another where where frog is fishing for um he's fishing with his toe oh yeah he's like got it Uh he's like kind of relaxed back and next to the picnic basket you will see three red fishing bobbers that form a mickey great And um, before the final drop, there's an outline of the rocks that make up Mickey's head. Um, I thought this was very funny. There is a little gopher that yells FSU. Okay. Um, So apparently, Disney Imagineers are known for like, you know, they put all their own stuff in it. Sure. And um, one of them graduated from FSU.
1: I mean, that makes sense.
0: So he decided that like, just as you're about to climb up the hill for the last big drop, um a tiny little animal's just gonna like pop out and you pro- you might you might never hear it but if you really listen for it you can hear this like little little gopher just go fSU
1: I mean if we could put that in there FSU gopher why can't you have a mermaid that's all I'm saying that's or you? Tom Hanks <laughs> or t- just get Tom Hanks in there
0: as you like headed up like the scary the laughing place and it's yeah. really dark and scary and the Tom Hanks is like Oh, guys. (laughs) No need to be frightened here. I feel happy now. (laughs) Irish. Yeah. Um,
1: Okay. So, uh, fun. That's good good, good hidden Mickeys to know. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time for our norm. Well, I think it's time for the return of our favorite segment.
0: Da, 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 da,
1: da. Disney on Yelp. We haven't done one of these in a while.
0: Why haven't we done them? I well, love them. Well,
1: I agree. But some of the attractions that we've done have not had uh, Yelp pages. That's fair. Fortunately, for some of these more classic ones, they do have them. And there's a number of reviews. So... Allie W., an elite, 20, uh, uh, an elite Yelp user since 2022 from wow. Newfay, New York, um, has 116, I guess, Yelp friends. I don't know.
0: Wait, she's an elite user since 2022? Yep. That's now.
1: I agree. Maybe she's gotten real active on it lately. All of this <laughs> review is from a few years ago. Uh, 636 stars, I guess, given out and 998 pictures.
0: Wow. Okay. Allie
1: W. says, I could see the track. It's no fun if you can see the track. It also distracted me from the cool ambiance. All I want to see are space and stars, no tracks. It was my son's favorite ride, even though they report not being able to see the track as well, but I was let down. It didn't just recapture my childhood memories. Instead, it was dimly lit, generic roller coaster. Is the Disneyland version still pitch black? Uh, Three stars. So here's the thing about the Splash Mountain Yelp
0: page. I
1: would say at least 30% of the people are reviewing Space Mountain on the Splash (laughs) Mountain Yelp page. Uh, oh my god it is a consistent problem uh not impressed sorry but for a bi-coastal battle on who has the better space mountain disneyland <laughs> takes the game uh i have more um probably if you give me one second um a fun ride but not as good as space mountain at disneyland and to be clear everyone i am on the splash mountain page there's some splash <laughs> mountain reviews it seems to be a lot more space mountain
0: Oh, my God.
1: Anyways, um, three stars from a variety of people who thought it was Space Mountain.
0: That's hilarious. It's very
1: fun. It's very fun. Oh, my God. Um, But uh, in addition to that, a couple things. Uh, We have a few questions we always like to do.
0: Yes, we haven't done some of these questions in a while. And so really quick before we get to our questions. To wrap it up with a bow. That is how we got Splash Mountain. That's how we got it. uh, From the 80s. Inspired. by by a ride in traffic, and titled by a romantic comedy starring Tom Hanks. Now, look, if it's one of your favorites, I am i don't want to shame you. Um, it is a fun ride. And if you don't mind, if you like getting wet, even better. If you don't mind getting wet, also fun. If you hate getting wet, not for you. Um, you will get wet in some capacity. But I liked, this has been... In my bit of like loving Haunted Mansion, my bit has always been hating on Splash Mountain. So I did it. We went through it.
1: Congratulations. Yay. So, with that said, yes. uh, I think these questions may be pretty easy to guess as to what you're going to say. This is so
0: different than my normal.
1: Is this an attraction you go on every time you visit? No. If you were to go on it, what time of the day?
0: To be honest with you, the time where I catch myself doing it the most is at the end of my day. Because I'm like, what the heck? I'm about to get in the car. If I'm, you know, I can be miserable or change into a t-shirt, whatever it might be.
1: That bridges well into the question. It's the end of the day now to be considered. End of the day for you is always like at like the latest time. It's nighttime. Right Right
0: now the park closes at 8 p.m. Okay,
1: well that's crazy. Yeah. Um, And you're you're about to leave. You're on your way out. 10 minute wait to go on Splash Mountain. Are you going to do it?
0: Is anything else open, or this is my only option?
1: Um, anything else is open, but they all have their standard time waits.
0: Probably not. But if the question was,
1: if it's the only one, yeah,
0: it's open later. You can do it. There's no light. Yes, I will go. There's some times where I enjoy hating it and wanting to go on it. If that makes sense.
1: Oh, it it does for sure. I don't. I don't think. I don't think you, the only time I think you would get me on it is like in the after hot afternoon. Okay, uh, nighttime, I was going to ask you. I'm not going to want to go on it. Because it's like, I don't want to be wet for the whole ride back home. Yeah. That seems crazy. Um, okay, so uh, 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 what would you change? And let's, here's what I'll, we, we know the obvious answer. We would re-theme it. They're doing that. We don't know, we can't say what we would change with the re-theme. Because we haven't seen that yet. I
0: feel like it's going to be so magical.
1: I think so too. I so, can already
0: picture like, them like in the you know in the swamp and like singing songs yeah
1: so uh with that off the table mechanically uh okay i don't know whatever else what would you change
0: i would <laughs> like kelly's honest answer yeah i would want to get less wet <laughs> sure no i mean i think
1: i think that there's <laughs> i think that that's hard to do <laughs> I do think there's something you could do about, like, consistency of wetness that you get when you go on it. Because sometimes you get crazy wet, sometimes you don't. Right. And maybe having a consistency of expectation could be something that people would like. uh, But also, I think not really. You kind of want it to be different every time. So, I don't know. Um, Different music.
0: Yeah. I mean, Zippity Juda is a great fun song. No denying the fun of that song. And uh, I like that. The rest of the music, you know, is whatever. Sure. Um, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like I have really bad luck on that attraction too. Same with Grizzly, uh, river, rapid run, sure. rap, running rapid yeah, grizzly I, bears, I don't know. more bears. We haven't
1: covered that one yet. So. Um,
0: it's so like, I'm okay. There's one in Florida that's, I feel like the Cali Rapids, I'm like, okay, I can do this cause I'm in Florida. It's really hot here. This, I need to cool off. In Makes California, you don't have that desire as much. I always am that person that gets just like drenched from head to toe. Yeah. So most of the pictures of me, I'm gonna have to see if I can find one for this episode that I where I'm on Splash Mountain. I'm maybe I'll do it for this episode. I'm going to Disney a lot this week. I haven't been in a while, guys. So <laughs> Crazy. I know. Well, no, I actually haven't been. So I'm. A
1: I'm happy. For long me. time
0: for me. Yeah. Where if I'm gonna go, I'm going to put my bag in between my legs, take my legs off the floor, which you're not supposed to do. Don't get. in me in trouble please um i'll and- release this episode after <laughs> to you Disney. go yeah. yeah and then like put my hood over and just turtle into a ball so that nothing can get wet
1: that does sound unsafe and also like then don't go on the ride that's all i got that's- for you <laughs> you know the thing i would change is i would uh, not allow me to go on it there Done. you go um <laughs> uh, okay great i think that i we are both we as we have said excited about what the rebrand is going to be um and, and you know there's not much else to change aside from that. So.
0: Nope. Well, yay. We, we freaking did it. We did I it. I did it. Will, I did it.
1: I and everyone in the Slice of Disney family are so proud of you.
0: Thank you so much. All of Will and Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you guys for listening. Um, I am really curious to get all of your opinions and views on Splash Mountain.
1: Yeah, there's plenty of people out there that love it. I And plenty know, of people that get it confused with Space Mountain.
0: It, that is so funny. I love Space I did keep
1: going back. I was like, I'm on. It says there's pictures of Splash Mountain. Am I sure this is right? But it says Splash Mountain in all caps, but nope.
0: That's really funny. Um, Well, get ready for some really fascinating history uh, with Splash Mountain and its origin story as well um, for a future episode uh, very soon. Yeah. And for now, there you go. That's how we got this splash of a time. Nice. Thank you. Um, if you want to reach out to us and give us your opinions and feelings on Splash Mountain and all other attractions, you can find all of our stuff on our website, sliceofdisney.com. But you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at Slice of Disney.
1: Or on Twitter at Slice underscore of um, underscore Disney.
0: Yay. You can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. Please check out our Patreon
1: Doing some movie nights. We watched Encanto oh, this we past. Watched, and it was I, great. Loved it. Oh, it was it.
0: so good. Mm-hmm. The more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you could do a really cool attraction. Okay.
1: We were uh, discussing that on, on doing a... Uh, they could do a Broadway show.
0: Oh, the, they totally will. And it's... Lin-Manuel well, like, planned that. Of okay.
1: have it, But like, it just, it, that is going to be... Like, it could be a very cool. Obviously, the music is already there, but like the effects on a stage would be so neat. Yeah. It would be like a really, it'd be like Lion King-esque, I think, with what they would do from like an artistic perspective. I think yeah, having
0: neat. the house move yeah. and, oh man, give Bruno more songs. Sure. I love the actor. I love like the quality of his voice. It's yeah. so pleasant to me. So, um, yay! That was so much fun. We did it. We did it. Huh. Uh, well, thank you again for listening. I hope you guys are having a great start to your year and we will see you soon. Okay, bye.